You're listening to Worship Life Radio with Pastor Holland Davis of Calvary Chapel San Clemente on today's edition. If you want to be taken seriously as a Christian, if you want to be taken seriously as a Christian by your wife and your husband, your kids, your grandkids, they need to know that God is first in your life. They need to know that God is number one, that there is no number two. God is number one, that he's not number two. They need to know that they're number two, and they're a strong number two, and everything else goes beyond that. Career, friends, everything goes beyond that, but God is number one. Why is it hard to lead by example? Maybe it's the pressure or the simple fact of not thinking about it. Either way, people are watching us, right? The effect we have on others' lives hinges on our actions that should be supporting what we believe. Don't let people know you only for your love of earthly things, but rather for Jesus. In his message, Pastor Holland challenges us to remember that Jesus should come first in every aspect of our lives. Intentionality, like an all-or-nothing life. Let's join Pastor Holland in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 4 as he continues his message, Seek the Lord. In 1970, in the state of California, a law was signed. And it was the law that had to do with no-fault divorce. No-fault divorce. And so no longer was marriage valued. It was devalued. And now when two people don't get along, they don't love each other, there's no fault. You just split 50-50, go your way. And do you know who signed that law in California? Was it some evil liberal Democrat? It was Ronald Reagan, one of the best presidents that the United States ever had. But he changed marriage when he did that unhinged it from the scriptures. And now marriage was no longer until death do you part. It was until you didn't love each other anymore. And there's no fault in that. Ronald Reagan himself was divorced. The fixed point of reference for marriage moved and it began drifting. Now today, the Supreme Court legalizes same-sex marriage. It doesn't matter what the laws of the land says because the spirit behind what is happening is still in power. The same demonic spirit that wants to destroy you, that wants to destroy marriage is still at work and now it's legalized and so it has free reign to do whatever it wants to do. Now the president of the United States wants to nominate a transgender man to be the Assistant Health and Human Services Secretary. And you might say, well, whatever. What's the big deal with that? Let me tell you what this person is responsible for. They are involved in setting the standards for health in our nation. This person that doesn't even know what they are is going to tell you how to be mentally healthy. Think about that. And guess what they are supporting? Because they're not only just setting the health standards for you as adults, they're setting the health standards for your children. And this person supports gender reassignment surgery for young children, for minors. And the president thinks that this is a good, good idea. We have drifted. 
We are drifting. We've departed from the word of God and we are now drifting. You know, the World Health Organization doesn't even recognize it as gender reassignment surgery. The World Health Organization calls it gender mutilation. And it's recognized internationally as a violation of human rights. And yet we're about to make it law in our country. Think about that. We've drifted. Recently, the House of Representatives passed the Equality Act, legally changing the definition of sex in our marriage. So no longer is it male and female. But now it's male and female and whatever. Whatever you choose to identify yourself as, that's what you are. I choose to identify myself as a six-foot-tall, buffed-out surfer. Not just any surfer. I'm a big wave surfer who's also a part-time fireman because my wife likes firemen. <laughs> People used to give her like Ken dolls of firemen. Don't do it anymore. It's a point of contention. But um, <laughs> whatever you want to be, we've drifted. We've drifted. We've lost our point of reference. But that's not even the worst part of this act that they're passing right now. Included in this act is a clause that requires any organization that receives federal money to fund abortions. If you receive money from the government, you are required to fund abortion. That means the blood of aborted babies is on the hands of every American citizen because this act requires you to pay for abortion through your taxes and God will not let the cries of the innocent go unanswered. Now, as a believer, that should infuriate you. We've drifted as a nation. We've departed from the word of God and we've drifted. That's why we need to cry out for revival in our land. We need to cry out for the spirit of blindness to be bound, for the revelation of Jesus to be released throughout the world. Why? Because we've drifted. We've drifted so far from the things of God that there's only one thing that is going to bring us back, and that is a revival in our nation, for the spirit of God to be unleashed all over the world, just like he did before. And I've said it so many times, but what saved America in the 60s was not a good president or a good world leader. What saved America in the 60s was the Jesus movement. That's what saved America. People came to Christ and Jesus changed their hearts. And because God changed their hearts, it changed their values and their decisions and the things that they thought were important and the things of the world they left behind and they began to prioritize the things of God. You cannot legislate morality. You can't change a heart through law. The only thing that can change a heart is Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's what he wants to do today. And we need to cry out for that because we have drifted from the Lord. Now how? How do we drift? How do we get so far away from the Lord? Well, Moses tells us in Verse 23, he says, Take heed to yourselves, lest you forget the covenant of the Lord your God, which he made with you, and make for yourselves a carved image in the form of anything which the Lord your God has forbidden. That process of drifting starts when we forget the covenant the Lord made with us. 
What is the covenant that he's referring to? He's referring to the covenant that was made at Mount Sinai, the Mosaic covenant, the covenant that had to do with the Ten Commandments. And what is the first commandment? What is the first thing God says? Well, Moses reminds us in Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 6, he says, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods before me. No other gods before me. I am your God. That's it. Nothing else. I'm first place. Nothing else fits. And when we allow something other than God to take first place in our lives, when we allow something other than God to occupy our attention and our affection and our time and our resources, then we've taken the first step to backsliding. That's when we've taken the first step to drift. It could be a career. It could be a person. It could be a hobby. It might even be family. I know many parents in San Clemente that say, well, we can't really go to church because, you know, little Bobby's got baseball. Little Bobby's got soccer. And we got to get little Bobby into soccer. We got to get little Bobby into, into baseball because he might get a scholarship someday. And the thing is, is that what that tells me is that you put more trust in little Bobby's sports ability than you do in God. Now, that never happened to me because they saw my sports ability early on and they said, you need the Lord. <laughs> I remember we, were, we would play in a co-ed league and my wife and I, I was shortstop and uh, no pun intended. And uh, I remember one time they, uh, they hit a line drive right over shortstop, and I just threw my glove up, and I caught it, and it's one of those catches where it's on the very tip of your glove, and it, and it stuck, and, and it was, you know, it was the last out, you know, and, we, and we're up for bat, and I'm running in, and my wife goes, don't let anyone ever tell you you're short again. <laughs> but what she didn't know is that that has, was always on me. And it hit me like a, an arrow in my heart. And I just went, and I almost started weeping because the Lord was speaking to me through that. I'd let something in that I didn't know was there. Maybe you've let something in you didn't know, know was there. And God wants to set you free from that. You see, if every Christian family in San Clemente alone just said, you know what, we're... We can't make the game because we have church. We're going to go worship the Lord. It would change sports in San Clemente because there's a lot of Christians in this town. Imagine if every city did that. I know on the East Coast, they don't do sports on Sunday. They go to church. And they seem to do fine in getting their kids in sports programs in college and on NFL teams. We've drifted. Worship Life Radio with Holland Davis will continue right after this. Hi, this is Holland Davis, and I'm the pastor of Calvary Chapel in San Clemente. And I just want to take a moment and invite you to come and visit us at one of our Sunday morning services or to our midweek Bible study. Calvary Chapel San Clemente is a Jesus people community right here in the city of San Clemente, California. 
You know, we identify with our roots in the Jesus movement because that's where I came to Christ. And of course, that's where Calvary Chapel was born. When you come to our church, you're going to find a church that loves to worship the Lord with song. We love to study God's word verse by verse. And we love to share the love of God with other people. If that's the kind of church you're looking for, consider visiting us. You can find out all about us online at calvarysancomeni.org. We look forward to worshiping with you soon, and may God richly bless you. Now, let's continue with today's edition of Worship Life Radio. If you want to be taken seriously as a Christian, if you want to be taken seriously as a Christian by your wife and your husband, your kids, your grandkids, they need to know that God is first in your life. They need to know that God is number one, that there is no number two. God is number one, that he's not number two. They need to know that they're number two, and they're a strong number two, and everything else goes beyond that. Career, friends, everything goes beyond that, but God is number one. And I know in our house, our kids knew that God was number one. And let me tell you something, they're... Kids are funny. You know, they may not want to go to church. There are times when our kids didn't want to go to church. It's like, you're going to church. Why? Because we serve the Lord. God is number one in our life. We make time for him. I don't want to go to church. You're going to church. And I know some parents that are like, well, we don't want to force our kids to go to church because we want them to, you know, not hate church. It's like, my kids don't grow up hating church. They actually grew up respecting us because we put God first, and they knew it. Now, we have grandkids. We're teaching our grandkids and, uh, you know, teaching our, my grandson how to pray. And the other day, it's like, you know, I don't want to pray. We're going to pray. Bless the food. I don't want to. We're going to do it. You're going to teach him to hate prayer. No, I'm going to teach him that I'm stronger than he is. <laughs> we prayed and blessed the food, and he's crying the whole time but he ate the food and was blessed. Our kids need to know that God is number one. Unfortunately, Israel didn't take God seriously. Israel didn't place God as number one. And as a result, the children, the grandchildren acted corruptly and gave in to idolatry. And the children and the grandchildren were taken into captivity. And they worship the work of men's hands. They worship the gods of stone and wood. And here's the thing. It wasn't their fault. It's really on the parents, isn't it? Because the parents didn't train them to fear the Lord. The parents didn't make God number one. When we go to Israel, when they uncovered the homes in the city of David... On the mountain around the city of David, there were homes that were carved into the side of the mountain. As they began to uncover those homes, they discovered that inside of those homes were idols of stone, that they had begun to worship idols. And so you have the city of David, the temple is just right there. I mean, the temple is visible, it's within walking distance. And so here were a people that went to temple on the Sabbath. They worshiped the Lord. And then they would go to their homes at night. And in the secret of their homes, they would begin to worship other idols. They began to worship 
false gods. And Moses said, I call heaven and earth as a witness against you. And as the archaeologists are unearthing all of these idols, the earth is a witness against Israel. It's uncovering their secret. Because all they saw was on the outside, they're going to temple. People weren't looking at what was going on in the home. And maybe you're showing up for church on Sunday. I'm glad you are, because it's a real bummer when you talk to nobody. You know, when you're a preacher singing to nobody, it's, that's a real drag. It's a nice thing to have, you know, people in the room. But when you go home, are there idols in your home? Have you drifted? Have you drifted? Now, it's hard for us to imagine worshiping a piece of rock. It's hard for us to imagine worshiping a, a piece of metal. My mom grew up Buddhist. And so I remember as a child, I would go in my, when my dad was in Vietnam, I would go into my mom's room and on her uh, nightstand was a Buddha statue that she was praying to. That's how she grew up. I didn't grow up that way. When we lived in Japan, in our every home, there's a, a temple and a, a little area for a Buddhist temple. And so in my grandmother's home where we were staying, there was a, a little alcove and inside was this shrine to Buddha and, and she would burn incense and then she would put rice and oranges or apples or some kind of fruit. And every night they would change it out, you know, so it'd be fresh fruit and, you know, it was always, you know, there to, to give to the Buddha. And I would go to sleep and I'd wake up and the rice was gone and the fruit was gone. And I'm thinking, wow, this Buddha thing actually really does eat, you know? <laughs> Kind of freaked me out at first. And then I found out, because my grandma was yelling at my grandpa, that my grandpa would wake up in the middle of the night and eat the rice. <laughs> and, uh, and so, and I, and I guess you're not supposed to do that. So he, she hit him in the head. That's what they do in Japan. But they worship something that doesn't speak, doesn't see, doesn't taste, doesn't smell. And it's hard for us to imagine that because we don't do that. We have our own idols. We call them stars. We know all about our stars. Movie stars, pop stars, baseball stars, football stars, wrestlers, whatever it is. And it's interesting because I know guys that can quote you the career stats of all kinds of people. Oh, yeah, he's got this many RBIs and so many home runs. And, you know, he's like, and he's okay because, you know, this guy does, does this and he's better and but you ask him to quote a scripture, something that actually means something, they can't do it. It's not an issue of memory because they can memorize all kinds of stuff. It has to do with priority. Have you drifted? Have you drifted? Could it be the Lord isn't first place in your life? Could it be the Lord has been replaced by something? So what's the cure? What do we do? And this is what I love about the Lord, because he makes it so easy for us. He makes it so simple. In Deuteronomy 4.29, it says, but from there you will seek the Lord. From there you will seek the Lord, and you will find him if you seek him with all your heart and with all your soul. And that word seek is a very interesting, rich word in the Hebrew. It means to pray, to worship God. From there, you'll begin to pray 
you'll begin to worship God. It means to consult God, to ask for God's wisdom, for ask, to ask God's understanding, not to pursue an expert, but to pursue God, to study God. How do we study God? We study God by studying his word, by knowing his word, to follow God, to have a relationship with God. And the Lord says, listen, it's not going to happen because you put yourself in a better place where you could hear me. He said, he didn't say here that it was from this, from the temple that you're going to seek the Lord. He didn't say it was from church you're going to seek the Lord. He didn't say it was going to be by hanging out with Christian friends and cleaning up your act. Then you're going to seek the Lord. He says it's right there in the middle of your captivity, in the middle of everything that you're going through, where you have drifted away, where you're far away from the Lord, that it's in that place you'll begin to pray and you'll begin to seek the Lord and you'll begin to ask God and talk to him again and you will find him right there. You don't have to go anywhere. He makes it so easy for you. All you have to do is turn to him. But he does want your full attention because he says he wants your whole heart. You will seek me with your whole heart. You will seek me with all your soul. He wants all of you, not just a piece of you. He wants it all. And if there's anything in your life between you and the Lord, give it to him. Surrender it to him. Let him have it. He wants you. He loves you. And he says, if you do that, I'll give you the desires of your heart. I'll give you everything. Maybe it's time to do business with God. Clear the decks. Let him have it. Anger, bitterness. Maybe you're involved in something. You need to just give it over to him. Maybe it's your time. You've protected your time. My time is so valuable to me. I got so much I got to do. Maybe it's time to give that over to the Lord and let him have it. Let him have first place. Let him do what he desires to do. Let him have first place. Let's pray. Father, you want us more than anything. Not because you're controlling or possessive, or, but really for one reason because you love us and you want us to spend eternity with you in your presence because you want to bless us. You want us to be happy and full of joy. You don't want anything pulling us back or holding us down. You, you want us not to drift, but to be fully engaged with you and just in that place of blessing for us. And Lord, I pray for those who have allowed something else to take first place. Lord, that they would surrender that to you and allow you to take that place of prominence once again. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening today. When I was a young man, Jesus made himself known to me. I was sitting in a Bible study and I heard an audible voice say, Holland, I love you. And those words changed my life. And you know, those words can change your life today as well. You know, Jesus said, 
For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. And today you can begin that eternal everlasting life by praying a simple prayer and mean it with all your heart. Just say, Lord Jesus, I surrender to you. I want to live my life for you. Forgive me for everything I've done to offend you. Forgive me for breaking your law. I want to surrender to you. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and give me the power to live for you all the days of my life. And if you've done that, you're born again. You've been listening to a message in a series through the book of Deuteronomy. Pastor Holland has more to share from this Old Testament book, and we look forward to the next edition of Worship Life Radio. We're so glad you took the time to hear from God's Word today. Deuteronomy is full of reminders about the unique relationship between God and His people. Other nations worshipped different gods depending on what they needed at the time. This shouldn't have been the case with the Israelites. The promise of God's blessings wasn't to be taken lightly. It required a faithfulness to the one true God as Moses reminded them. What do you do in those instances when you're drawn to worldly things? It's no easy thing to deny yourself and follow after Jesus. But in the end, I guarantee you'll experience more blessings than you can imagine. I encourage you to stay steadfast in your faithfulness. Your relationship with Jesus will grow leaps and bounds because of it. If you're one of those that are just checking out this Jesus thing for the first time, would you call us? We're eager to chat with you, answering any questions you might have. Just dial 949-228-9117. That number you can call is 949-228-9117. We're thankful that you spent some of your day listening to the Word. Now may the Lord bless you and those whom you love and especially those whom nobody loves. Make plans to join us again right here on Worship Life Radio. Every one of us is on a journey of grace. God wants you to be free and full of joy. Pastor Holland's message series, A Journey of Grace, will help you discover how to live the abundant life that Jesus promises to give you today. Order your personal copy of A Journey of Grace at worshipliferadio.com.